You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This, this, this is Jolly Rogers and Touchdown with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. So kind of on that note, um, that kind of brings us to uh, the most important conversation that we'll have in this offseason, which is mock drafts and drafts, uh, potential candidates that would be good fits for the Bucs. Um, I still don't, again, I still don't know if we can call this a rebuild, but I'm, I'm hoping we'll have more information in the next few weeks here. Once they solidify their OC, we'll have an idea of what where everyone's leaning. But the first mock draft has been released, um, mock 1.0. Uh, it's all over. It's everywhere, but you can also pull this one from the Bucks website specifically. Now, out of five takes for the mock draft and who potential fits would be for the Tampa Bay Bucks, I'm just going to riddle them all off, James, and then I'll get your opinion. Uh, Dan Jeremiah, who's obviously one of the top mock draft guys out there, has uh, cornerback Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State as a fit for the Bucks. Chris Trapasio has tight end Michael Mayer. Not Michael Myers. Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Uh, Damian Parson has cornerback Kelly Ringo from Georgia. I like his name. Mm-hmm. Um, or Keely. I may have spelled that wrong. Keely Ringo. Uh, Mike Keely, Renner yeah, has Keely Edge. Ringo. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. my, my auto type decided to put Kelly in. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, my apologies, guys. Uh, Mike Renner has Edge Miles Murphy from Clemson. And then Kevin Borba has tackle Broderick Jones from Georgia. Love the name Broderick, by the way. Mm. So between the positions, uh, maybe even between the schools, what are your thoughts on these top five uh, thoughts picks for Mach 1? So, Casey, we talked about we think the Buccaneers' biggest need or their first priority need should be to address, if you're going to go in the draft, address the trenches is address the offensive line, address the defensive line. Um, Because that's one thing where I think if you kind of hit it in the inside, it it helps your perimeter players on both sides of the ball kind of helps them a little bit more. We know time couldn't operate without an offensive line this year and the lack of physicality on the defensive line, the lack of push in the passing game or pass rush, the lack of stoppage in the run game didn't really allow our defense to do much else on the back end. So I love the, I love the mock drafts of the O-line and the D-line. I like the tight ends too, because I think the tight ends can be used in those kind of pass blocking situations, good outlet for, for Tom Brady. And we, we just know the Bucks offense operates better when you have a good versatile tight end in there. And, you know, we took some hits at tight end this year. Can't hurt to, to have a little bit of depth at that position. Yeah. I don't know if I want to go first round tight end, that would be kind of tough to spend our first round pick on a tight end. <laughs> but you see, um, when you talk about Keely Ringo, you talk about the best, probably one or two best defensive backs in the country this past year in college football. And I don't mind that pick. If you're going to go after that would be the name pick where the Buccaneers mm-hmm. sit. Um, 
like the fit pick would probably be the trenches. The name pick would go in getting Keely Ringo. And that would be an, uh, uh, a choice that'd be okay going away from the trenches. Cause then you go and you kind of get some juice back to your defensive backfield. Um, Okay. You go and kind of put a guy who's a ball hawk, a very physical corner, and he's big for a cornerback. So maybe you mm-hmm. can kind of slide him into that, you know, maybe that nickel spot, that hybrid corner safety spot, and have him be a, a good slot corner. You have him go and match up with the tight ends who, on the defensive side of the ball, the Buccaneers were really bad at covering tight ends in space. We know that Devin White and Levante David aren't the best coverage linebackers in the league. So when they had that matchup on a tight end and hurt us, Keely Ringo, you stick him on a tight end. He's big enough to guard a tight end. He's fast enough to guard a receiver. He's smart enough to play in multiple spots in the defensive backfield. I I would love that pick if it's not the trenches going and get Keely Ringo. Oh, by the way, from Georgia where Todd Munkin just was. So, you know, you you get a little bit of familiarity with that too. So the the name Keely Ringo jumps out to me. I, I, I do love that. But if not him, Go and go and get some go and get some guys who don't mind sticking their hands in the dirt, man. That, that's what I want. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah. I mean, look, that picture that you just painted probably sold a lot of fans on getting Keely Ringo. But um, as you mentioned, the conversation that we had prior to the show was the fact that I somewhat hate all of this because the reality of it doesn't, doesn't feel fitting, number one. Number two, thinking of the cap space situation is kind of problematic as well because you've got guys like Carlton Davis who just signed to a pretty fat contract. Carlton Davis has to take that next step. He has to get his hands on balls and be able to reel them in. Um, And to be honest, I wasn't sure if Carlton Davis was going to be a priority re-sign in the offseason. I know it was going to be a priority discussion. I didn't know if he was going to make it all the way through. That's a lot of money that just went that way for a Mm. guy who needs to take the next step. Then you've also got the fact that while they need tight end depth, You've got trainable guys. You've got guys yeah. who showed up for you this season that are rookies in Koki and Kate Otten. I wouldn't put any more money towards a tight end position unless they're moving on from Cameron Brate. And at that rate, you need a veteran tight end. Um, it also depends on the OC because are we going to get an offensive coordinator that sees what Kate Otten did this year, sees what what where the growth can be in his offseason, and then decides, hey, we're just going to fully back this kid and let him be you know, our tight end one. Fans were tweeting for him to be the tight end one after that Falcons game. If that's the case, no more money needs to go into the tight end position because you've got Co'Keefe, who's more of a hand-in-the-dirt tight end. They they used him to help alleviate and blocking in many instances. He had some great games. He had some not-so-great games. He has an offseason to get that much better. I like what he did in his first season and where he could potentially go. So, yeah, no more money for the tight end position for me. No more money towards the cornerback position just yet, or at least not at you know the top two rounds. Those top two rounds have to go – to your offensive line and your pass rush. The pass rush fell off so much. When I look at the Mm -hmm. age of half of the guys on the defense and some of the guys that are in contract years, we've got a lot of people not coming back or maybe not worth the investment. That's scary to me because defense can't fall off. Defense has been the biggest contributing factor to keeping the Tampa Bay Bucks in any conversation realistically. 
they were able to do their job on the field and that helped this offense tremendously. So when you think of Lance David being a contract year, when you think of Akeem Hicks probably going, when you think of Shaq Barrett, you know, where's he at within his contract conversation? Where's he at with his health? Then you look at, okay, well, there's JTS. Nobody trusts Carl Nassib and Anthony Nelson to take that next step in their career. So there's just too many question marks when it comes to that D-line, that edge, and then you know, before you even get to the secondary. So I agree with you when it, when it comes to the priority needs to be hand in the dirt first. Um, but then that also starts with offensive line for me. Your second string guy was not even close to what anybody wanted to see step to the line and try to help anybody, whether it's Tom Brady or any quarterback, you know? Yeah. And then to see how many third and fourth string situations this team was in, and then to lose those third and fourth stringers to injuries, I don't want people coming back from injury coming onto this line and helping either sell Tom Brady on staying or protecting the next guy that has to be in the pocket. I need this offensive line to get back up to a standard. And that standard doesn't revolve around Ryan Jensen at the center and Tristan works. You can't have two top guys on your line and expect, you know, miracles to happen. You've got to have a little margin for error there and be able to trust what's coming up mm-hmm. next. Luke Gedeke, he has to have a massive off season before we can even discuss him not having some competition at whatever position they're going to put him in on the line because he didn't really get a chance to perform. I think he was thrown in too early, which can hinder the development of a lot of guys. So that's why I'm not ruling him out entirely yet. They got to start with the offensive line. They got to start with their pass rush before they even touch secondary. Talk about tight ends. I agree. Or add to the wide receiver room. Unless there's health issues we don't know about, stop it. Just start, stop it. We got to start. We got to go back to the foundation. We got to go back to the drawing board, go back to the whiteboard of what made us a Super Bowl contending team. And no pun intended that the foundation is the foundation. You got to start with the big guys in the middle. And Casey, yeah. let's, let's talk about. Like if if the Buccaneers offense comes back, offensive line, if and when they come back healthy next season, you got three guys who not only are great, but Tom Brady trusts in Ryan Jensen, Tristan Wirfs, and Shaq Mason. You add one more component to that offensive line, one good more high draft pick, and now you automatically, magically go back to probably having a top five to six offensive line in the league. And it's like it's that's cool nowadays. Like, it wasn't always cool to draft <laughs> offensive linemen and be known as, like, having the greatest offensive line in the league. Like, remember when the Cowboys did it for, like, five straight drafts? They picked the linemen in the first round. Yeah, and I used was, to like, be the was, like, girl the with the notebook. I used to be the girl with the notebook before every draft, like, making mock draft after mock draft after mock draft. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. I used to be annoyed because I used to have to memorize – you know, offensive line positions and go check their ratings and go check their schools and go check their stats to kind of get that idea of who's coming off the board first or second, because it's usually, you know, tackle or somebody on the O line or somebody on the D line. And then you get to that number eight spot and you're kind of back to the O line. So yeah, it used to, I used to be that person who would complain. And then I realized, no, this is cool because it's very necessary. It's extremely crucial. The Cowboys did it for like five, six years. Everyone's like, they're really boring in their draft. And then magically, after all that was said and done, they had the best offensive best line, line running for three, four years. And it carried them to 13, 12, 11 win seasons. Um, so like, it's it's cool to have the best offensive line in the league. Like, and, and I want to go back to, to having that. I want to be known as one of the best offensive lines in the league. And then in that same vein on the other side of the ball, the Buccaneers have never been one of the best defensive secondaries in the league. But when they were winning Super Bowls and NFC championships and division titles, 
We had the best run stoppage in the league, and sometimes it wasn't even close. It was by far. And you know what right. allows a secondary is not the greatest? Is when you put the offense in third and 12, second and 13. You get them behind the sticks and force them to pass. The more times you force pass the ball, the more, the more opportunities there are for interceptions, especially when it's long distance, when I have to throw the ball 20 yards down the field. And I don't just yep. – get myself at a third and three where a five-yard completion gets me a first down. That's what helps a secondary is when you have such mm -hmm. a good run game where you're putting teams in these must-pass situations, and now I'm putting them in bad scenarios, and I can go get my hands on the football again. So, like, yep. I think if we focus on that for a draft, get back, I don't think it takes us that long to get back to that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't. You I look agree. at some names in this draft, you got, got guys like Miles Murphy out of Clemson who had 62 – QB pressures last season and in the season before, like dominant yep. guys on the defensive line who could really, you know, wreak havoc and go back in, in there with guys like Vita Vea and maybe Akeem Hicks if we bring him back. So I just think yep. that's where the focus should be, at least in the first round, maybe the first two. And then you can go and get your splash players, go and get your yeah. running backs, go and get your your wide receivers. But let, let's get some some big guys in the middle in those first big rounds. Like I just think that's where we should go. No, couldn't agree more. And honestly, while and guys, I'm not taking away from the conversation of the the referee calls this past weekend and all the other topics that surround the championship games. But the focal point here is look at what guys like Hassan Reddick and Chris Jones did. When you have somebody who can wreak havoc like that, even Sam Hubbard for the Bengals, you know, Hubbard was a driving force for the for the Bengals to have any sort of conversation of them having a decent defense. Mm -hmm. It started with Hubbard. So when you have that pass rush attack, when you have that pressure, when you can force mistakes, just as you said, it gets you to the end of the season and then some. It helps with your longevity. It helps make you a scary team. And sometimes it takes one. And this team has some quality quality um, assets that can, that can thrive off of somebody who can just come in and wreak havoc. Absolute havoc.